0: I know many liars doing very well these days, making out airline schedules.
1: Mr. Bull A date which
2: will live in infamy.
0: And the cake business, Mr. Proudhood. long enough for no a crumb
2: when I see one. Time now for Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Vaccarello. Thanks, sweetie. And thank you for tuning in to episode 144 of Spinning My Dad's vinyl. This is a special episode. Its timing only has a little to do with the fact that it's the beginning of Halloween season around here. The musicians you will hear have all been heard in previous episodes of this show. A few of them might have played together at one time or another. None of these songs are found on the same album. But the artists have one thing in common. All of their final resting places are in the same cemetery. So, get ready to hear music from the grave somewhere in the Bronx with Volume 144, Where Jazz is Buried, Woodlawn. It's Miles Davis with If I Were a Bell, which is found on my dad's record, Swingin' Sound, an album I have not featured, but will definitely be using soon. Miles Dewey Davis III was born May 26, 1926, and died September 28, 1991, at the age of 65. He was an American jazz musician, trumpeter, bandleader, and composer. He is among the most influential and acclaimed figures in the history of jazz and 20th century music. Davis adopted a variety of musical directions in a five-decade career that kept him at the forefront of many major stylistic developments in jazz. Okay, what the heck am I doing for this episode? Well, let me explain. Now, please don't think of me as morbid, but a favorite pastime of mine is walking through cemeteries, especially when they are extra beautiful or hold the remains of famous people. My girlfriend and I like to regularly tour an extremely famous one in Cleveland called Lakeview Cemetery. Not only do the grounds house a hillside of thousands of daffodils each year, they're beautiful when they're blooming, but there are several famous people buried on these beautiful grounds, including the DJ that popularized the term rock and roll, Alan Freed. And, oh yeah, the large mausoleum for our 20th president, James A. Garfield, is in this cemetery. Well, Back in June, Karen, my daughter Sophia, and I were in New York City for a week. One of my goals was to visit the grave of my dad's favorite trumpet player, Louis Armstrong, whose final resting place is in Flushing Cemetery in that neighborhood of Queens. I also wanted to visit Dizzy Gillespie's grave site in the same cemetery, but rain chased us away before we could find that marker. While doing research for the New York trip, we decided to see what other famous people's grave sites we could visit while there. That's when a pattern started to develop around one cemetery in the Bronx, Woodlawn. There was a lot of jazz and Broadway music history buried here. Both both kinds of music my dad had dedicated large portions of his collection to. There were several that had huge impacts on jazz. One of them, the most prolific composer in that area. So those are who I have picked for this episode. Now for the never ending confusion within my family, well at least with some of us, with a nephew who minors in percussion in college, marimba, xylophone, or vibraphone. Which is it?
1: (laughs)
0: Those sweethearts on parade. How they smile as they pass me by. Those sweethearts on parade. I'd love to join their one, but they bomb me. It takes more than one to make an army so that do how I find just to fall in line with the sweetheart oh, all
2: It's Lionel Hampton with Sweethearts on Parade, which is found on my dad's record, The Original Big Band Hits Volume 1, another album I have yet to feature. There are over 600 records behind me. Lionel Leo Hampton was born April 20th, 1908, and died August 31st, 2002, at the age of 94. He was an American jazz vibraphonist, pianist, percussionist, and bandleader. Hampton worked with jazz musicians from Teddy Wilson, Benny Goodman, and Buddy Rich to Charlie Parker, Charles Mingus, and Quincy Jones. In 1992, he was inducted into the Alabama Jazz Hall of Fame, and he was awarded the National Medal of Arts in 1996. Since there is no single record we're featuring, I'll skip this segment and get right back into music. So, more drums, please. It's Max Roach with Orientation from Modern Jazz Hall of Fame, Volume 1. That's the record featured on this show in Volume 17, Modern Jazz Hall of Fame. Maxwell Lemuel Roach was born January either 8th or 9th, 1924. There is some confusion there. And he died August 16th, 2007, at the age of 83. He was an American jazz drummer and composer. A pioneer of bebop, he worked in many other styles of music and is generally considered one of the most important drummers in history. He worked with many famous jazz musicians, including Coleman Hawkins, Dizzy Gillespie, Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, Duke Ellington, Thelonious Monk, and Stan Getz. He also played with his daughter, Maxine Roach, Grammy-nominated violist. He was inducted into the Downbeat Hall of Fame in 1980 and the Modern Drummer Hall of Fame in 1992. Now... Here's where I usually stop for the featured artist's bio. But since I'm giving a life summary for everyone on this episode, we'll just keep going. So now on to another musician who has been featured on this show. Coleman Hawkins with I Mean You from Franklin Mint Jazz Masters of the Sax, which was the record featured on this show in Volume 66, Sax Master Hawkins. Now, don't worry, I'm not repeating any of the songs from those previous episodes. Coleman Randolph Hawkins was born November 21st, 1904 and died May 19, 1969 at the age of 64. Nicknamed Hawk and sometimes Bean, he was an American jazz tenor saxophonist, one of the first prominent jazz musicians on his instrument. As Joachim E. Barrent explained, quote, there were some tenor players before him, but the instrument was not an acknowledged jazz horn, unquote. While Hawkins became known with swing music during the big band era, he had a role in the development of bebop in the 1940s. Okay, time now for this episode's interesting side note, and it has to do with our visit to Woodlawn Cemetery. The rain that chased us out of Flushing Cemetery in the Queens also cut our trip to Woodlawn short back on the island of Manhattan. Our initial goal was to get to as many of the grave sites of the artists that are on this episode as we could. We had geo-positioning coordinates of all but two of the graves, and we had hoped to get lucky on those. One thing I did know was that Miles Davis and Duke Ellington were across the driveway from each other. So that's where we decided to head first, since I felt they were the two most important on this list. Woodlawn is a beautiful cemetery that we would have loved to have spent more time at. Now this is from their website. Founded in 1863, the 400-acre woodlawn is recognized as one of the most historically significant properties in America. It's also the final resting place of leaders, legends, and loved ones whose lives have touched our own. Its memorials represent the largest and finest collection of funerary art in the country. And it looks like the organization that keeps this landmark going, of course, recognizes the jazz greats on their property, and it seems they do have live jazz concerts there. That would be cool. Now, there must be miles of driveways in the cemetery, but Google Maps did us good for once. You could see the large black marble marker for miles from quite a distance. We parked near and grabbed a few photos, then walked to the other side of the driveway to visit Duke. It was almost surreal that two of the most influential people in the world of jazz have grave sites only about 100 feet apart. It was actually a moving experience. Too bad it was raining and we still didn't end up getting home until 1 a.m., so we really had to leave. But I'm glad I did what I was able to do, and I hope you have enjoyed the concept behind this episode. Okay, back to the music and back to another trumpet player you've heard a couple of times on this show.
0: friendship cease from now on. if you can't say anything real nice shut up woman don't talk that's my advice now you go your way I go mine it's best that we do here's a kiss I hope that this bring a lot to love you makes no difference How I carry on Now don't talk about me When I'm gone Here's a big, fat kiss, baby. I hope this brings happens to you. Now, make no difference how I, I carry on. Big's gonna swing, baby, on that trombone. Blow, me out, blow.
2: Jones, with probably the most appropriate name for a song on this episode, Please Don't Talk About Me When I'm Gone, from the album, Trumpet on Tour, and that record was featured in Volume 45, Jonah's Trumpet on Tour. Jonah Jones was born Robert Elliott Jones on December 31st, 1909, and died April 30th, 2000, at the age of 90. He was a jazz trumpeter who created concise versions of jazz and swing standards that appealed to a mass audience. In the jazz community, he is known for his work with Stuff Smith. He was sometimes referred to as King Louis II, a reference to Louis Armstrong. Now, I did want to mention a few others who were laid to rest in Woodlawn. The saxophonist Ornette Coleman is there, but my dad didn't seem to have any music of his within the collection. Or at least I couldn't find his name on the many various artist recordings my dad had. Uh, There were also at least four, at least four, famous composers buried here. Not necessarily all jazz, but they are all names that seem to be popular in my dad's collection. And they are Irving Berlin, W.C. Handy, Oscar Hammerstein, and George Cohen. And now for, imagine that, another trumpet player and an early influencer to boot. King Oliver and his Dixie Syncopators with "Aunt Hagar Blues from the Franklin Mint Kings of New Orleans Jazz, the record featured in Volume 91, Oliver is King. Joseph Nathan King Oliver was born December 19, 1881, although other sources cite 1884 or 85. He died April 8th or 10th, 1938 at the age of somewhere between 47 and 50. He was an American jazz cornet player and band leader. He was particularly recognized for his playing style and his pioneering use of mutes in jazz. Also a notable composer, he wrote many tunes still played today, including Dippermouth Blues, Sweet Like This, Canal Street Blues, and Dr. Jazz. He was the mentor and teacher of Louis Armstrong. His influence was such that Armstrong claimed if it had not been for Joe Oliver, jazz would not be what it is today. Oliver died in poverty of arterial sclerosis, too broke to afford treatment. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Who knew research for a family vacation to New York City would turn into a great idea for a special episode of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. But to think of the history, not only from jazz and music, but from all walks of life that is buried in those 400 acres. Not just Pulitzer Prize winners, but Pulitzer himself. I would like to get lucky and find myself there on a day with better weather. I could probably spend hours there. I know I have spent hours listening to the music of this gentleman. Well, he was one of the most prolific composers of all time. It's Duke Ellington with one of the best recordings I've ever heard of one of my favorite songs, Take the A-Train, from Dance to the Themes of the Greatest Bands. Another album I have not gotten to yet, but you know I will eventually. My dad just has so much good music to listen to. Edward Kennedy Duke Ellington was born April 29, 1899, and died May 24, 1974 at the age of 75. He was an American jazz pianist, composer, and leader of his eponymous jazz orchestra from 1923 through the rest of his life. A master at writing miniatures for the 3-minute 78 RPM recording format, Ellington wrote or collaborated on more than 1,000 compositions. His extensive body of work is the largest recorded personal jazz legacy, and many of his pieces have become standards. And there you have selections from just some of the great musicians buried in the Bronx. This was a special episode. So thanks for tuning in to Volume 144, where jazz is buried woodlawn, however you did. If you want more information about this show, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for Volume 145, Inside Shelly Berman. Until then, go with the flow, my friends. (laughs) ¶¶